Everybody say praise the Lord. Amen. Well, I should have just uh, gave Brother Grissom my scripture text because he's pretty well preached everything that I have felt. Almost everything. Amen. And, uh, you know, we come to these meetings to receive direction and instruction and challenge. But I get so amused at preachers. It's almost like we're afraid to be honest with each other to let our guard down it's like we have to keep a particular image but uh, I think Brother Grissom has very well stated that if if we get anything from God it's because that we are broken honest Jacob wrestled with that angel but until he told him his name he began to confess things nothing happened and a lot of us go through the same same scenario we just keep coming to meetings and wrestling with things but we're never going to prevail until we just become totally honest with God amen and uh I think if we'll do that, we'll be surprised at the tremendous amount of power. I did not use that liberally, but the tremendous amount of power that God would give us. And just the fact that we brought it all to Him and gave it to Him. Amen. Glory. I'm here to receive something. I'm not here just to preach. I, I've been just as happy sitting out there and, and uh, listening to uh, these men of God. Amen. I could leave right now and be a better person. Glory. But uh, I believe God wants to do something. I know it's getting late, and uh, but I want to I want to share with you something I felt like the Lord dealt with me about prayer. Amen. It's good to be here with uh, Brother Sorrows, this church, a lot of friends. And it's good to have my pastor here tonight, Brother Fletcher. And uh, I, I believe God wants to move among us in a very powerful way. Amen. Everybody say praise the Lord. Amen. I'm reading from the book of Zechariah, the third chapter. Zechariah chapter number three. I mean, really want the Lord to do something for you tonight. Amen. Glory. Zechariah chapter number three. I want to begin reading with verse number one. And he showed me Joshua, or Yeshua, however you choose to pronounce it, the high priest standing before the angel of the Lord, and Satan standing at his right hand to resist him. And the Lord said unto Satan, The Lord rebuke thee, O Satan. Even the Lord that hath chosen Jerusalem rebuke thee. Is not this a brand plucked out of the fire? Now Joshua was clothed with filthy garments and stood before the angel, and he answered and spake unto those that stood before him, saying, Take away the filthy garments from him. And unto him he said, Behold, I have caused thine iniquity to pass from thee, and I will clothe thee with change of raiment. 
And I said, let them set a fair miter upon his head. So they set a fair miter upon his head and clothed him with garments. And the angel of the Lord stood by. The angel of the Lord protested unto Joshua, saying, Thus saith the Lord of hosts, if thou wilt walk in my ways, and if thou wilt keep my charge, then thou shalt also judge my house, and shalt also keep my courts. And I will give thee places to walk among these that stand by. Amen. I will give thee places to walk among these that stand by. Amen. I want to preach tonight on the subject, I refuse this garment. I refuse this garment. Amen. Would you lift your hands and ask the Lord to talk to you tonight to anoint us in the Holy Ghost? Praise God. Praise God. I need your touch. I need your anointing, God. Praise God. Amen. Let's clap to the Lord one more time before you're seated. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. You may be seated. Glory. It has been my privilege to have been raised in the, the church. It is an honor to say that all that I can remember is the church and the surroundings of the church. And ever since I can remember in any sort of a spiritual comprehension, I thank God that I heard revival preaching what God could do if men would pay the price. What God did yesterday, he is able and capable of performing today. Amen. Brother Fletcher preached to us continuously about revival and restoration. He challenged us to reach for more than just status quo, lukewarm Pentecostalism to do more than just sit on a pew and occupy it and to go through the motions but there was always a little more always another dimension always more faith amen something else to reach for something else to believe in never to be satisfied praise god never to be satisfied never to learn to just go through the motions and to, and to just one, two, three, in we go and out we go. We believed in the manifestation of the Holy Ghost. We believed in the outpouring of God's Spirit. We believed that in every service was the possibility of a miracle to happen. The possibility of someone to receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost. I think that's what Pentecost is all about. Amen. I said, I think that's what Pentecost is all about tonight. Amen. I thank God that 
that was the environment that I was raised in I do not know anything else I hear some people try to deny the works of the Holy Ghost and they try to deny the demonstrative worship and the works of God's Spirit in an apostolic church service it's so foreign when I hear things said like that it rattles me how can anybody that is raised in real Pentecost deny the works of the Holy Ghost just us being here tonight is the work of the Holy Ghost the word that we heard and the anointing that we felt is the work of the Holy Ghost praise God what's going to happen in this place tonight is the work of the Holy Ghost you can't concoct this just with a high tide of emotions but when the spirit of the Lord begins to move there's something that takes place that goes beyond the realm of normality and beyond the realm of the natural thinking of humans praise God thank God for the work of the Holy Ghost hallelujah that's all I know everybody I've ever associated with his men that talk revival and talk evangelism and talk what God's going to do amen I I hear others and and I know there's you can't just stay 24 hours a day hooked up and just saying some of these things but I get a little uneasy when other people want to talk about everything else but they never want to talk about what God's doing in their church or what God's doing in the world amen I think every time we get together we shouldn't be talking about who's in who's out who's right who's left we ought to be talking about what God's doing in the rank and file of the church of the living God hallelujah glory I think if you feel that away that there are some some books in the Bible I want to say it like this that are more appealing and uh, there's there's a, a, an amount of challenge in them when you get to the last three books of the Old Testament and you begin to understand that these were books written by men prophets that lived in a time of reformation and in a time of revival you begin to see things that they faced and things that they suffered and challenges that they had to meet that you can identify with when you begin to read about the rebuilding of the temple and the rebuilding of the walls you begin to see things in their day that you face in the hour we're in right now but I'm here tonight to tell you the same God that gave them the grace and the ability to finish the task is still on the throne tonight he has not changed I don't believe that the church is in trouble tonight. I believe that God rules and he reigns from heaven. Hallelujah. I also believe that God has specific men for specific times for specific reasons he has Nehemiah that has a determination it doesn't matter what Sanballat and Tobiah have to say it doesn't matter how much the enemy tries to intimidate they've got a courage in their heart that says we're doing a good work and we're not going to come down if we have to put a trial in one hand and a sword in the other then so be it but God sent us here to build something God sent us here to have revival hallelujah I believe that there are men among us today that have the spirit of Nehemiah they can go into a city that somebody says it's nothing but burn over and it's nothing but ruins and there is a determination in the heart that says I've come here to have revival there ain't no devil big enough to stop it there 
no power strong enough to hold it. God sent me to the city and I'm doing a good work and I'm not coming down. Hallelujah. Glory. The enemy has two ways he attacks. He either comes like a roaring lion or he comes like a subtle serpent. Amen. Sanballat and Tobiah were a frontal attack. They didn't mind them knowing who they were. They sent their letters of fear in. Nehemiah had to deal with that element trying to stop revival. But when you come down to the book of Ezra, Ezra's a little more studious. He knows the law. He knows the history. And he begins to recognize that they're falling into some footsteps that's going to get them into trouble. Ezra begins to deal with the element of the strange wives that are coming among them. He also understood that in the days of Solomon, when Solomon reached out and grabbed up everything that could move and married it, that brought into Israel was a revival of idolatry. And Ezra understood, if we don't take care of this, we're going to go right back into bondage. Because these women that you're marrying are from heathenistic nations. And they're going to bring their gods and their idols. And he called them together. And for the space of three hours, he read from the word of God. And he turned and said, now, princess, what are you going to do about it? If the devil can't get you with fear and intimidation, he'll try to come in like a subtle serpent. He'll slowly try to move in and to bring something that appeases the flesh and something that is pleasure and something that appeases the carnal nature of man but let there be an Ezra rise up among us they will say hey we can't do it that got us in trouble yesterday glory glory I thank God for Zerubbabel Joshua Zechariah, Malachi, Haggai, all of them, they believed in revival. You can fill a kindred spirit with them. These were men that looked at great odds. When they went back to that city and back into that nation, they looked at ruins and said, can anything happen here? That's what the world was saying. They went back and said, if it wasn't going to happen here, why would God give us the favor? And why would God allow these scenarios and situations to develop? It didn't matter the way it looked. Faith is not produced by what you see, what you feel. It's produced by what you hear from the word of God. And if God has given you a commission and God has said, I feel to say it to somebody. If God sent you into that city, I don't care how bad it looks. I don't care how much there is in ruins. I'm telling you, stand true to the call of God. He picked you to go there. If he didn't want you to go there, he'd have sent somebody else. I don't know, there's not a whole lot recorded about what was taking place. But Zechariah receives a vision. And in this vision, God shows him Joshua the high priest standing before the angel of the Lord.
Brother Grissom, I almost hate to say Satan here tonight after what you said. <laughs> and what's Brother Moody call him? Rat face? <laughs> Rat face shows up. <laughs> I wish I could tell you that he's just there by himself with the Lord, but he's not. Satan is standing, the Bible says, at his right hand to resist him. And the Lord looked at Satan and said, The Lord rebuked thee, O Satan. The Lord, we get so proud of ourselves and the ability that we have to handle devils. There ain't nothing in me that can handle a devil. If it's handled, God has to do it. The Lord rebuked thee, O Satan. Amen. This is a brand plucked out of the fire. Now, buddy, when you picked on this one, you picked on the wrong one. This is a chosen child of God. Hallelujah. You should have found somebody else. Now, there's something that is revealed about this entire thing that's happening. The Bible says that the Lord begins to speak and he says, the Lord rebuke thee. This is a chosen vessel. But then it says, but Joshua was clothed with filthy garments. And then the Bible says that the Lord speaks again. And he says, I want you to take this change of garment from him. I want you to take it away from him. And I want you to cause this iniquity to pass. I want to deal with it right here. I'm, I'm glad we serve a merciful God. I know I look out here and I see some of these guys they got all their act together and they never stumble and falter but I'm here to tell you I've made a mess of things before and I'm glad in all that of my dilemma that I could go back to the throne of grace and say God here I am again I think this is a familiar setting God I'm always coming back amen but I'm glad that God doesn't say get out of my presence you filthy rotten low down good for nothing thing you I'm glad that the mercies of God endure to all generations hallelujah I said I'm I know some of you don't think you need it but you need it more than you realize tonight I know there's some that think I got my act together and everything's just right and I never falter and I never sin and I never miss the mark I'm telling you you need to wake up my friend you're deceived in your own spirit tonight I believe every day there's something that I miss but thanks be unto God I can go back and say God cleanse me one more time hallelujah he said take away that filthy garment from him he said take away the iniquity and Joshua here you are standing in my presence without a fair miter you're dirty your garments are dirty there's things in your spirit that shouldn't be there and here you're standing in my presence without a fair miter if anybody knew the consequences of coming into the presence of Almighty God unclean, it was the office of the high priest. The law required him to bathe his body, to make sure his clothes were clean. It didn't leave any conditional ifs in there. Said so this is the garment you wear. And on the day of atonement, he had to put on that fair miter. The scripture reveals that it's called a holiness crown. Had a gold plate across the front that said, Holiness unto the Lord. 
and they're standing Joshua in the presence of Almighty God. He's got on a filthy garment. He's, he's lost his fair miter somewhere. There's something wrong in his heart and God's looking at the scenario and he's got Satan standing at his right hand resisting him. But I'm glad that God said, take away the garment. Take away the iniquity. Put a fair miter back on his head. We're going to have revival. Hello? He said, we're going to have revival. I've chosen this man to be a part of it. And I'm willing to take the chance. And I'm willing to forgive. And I'm willing to let my mercy endure here in order to see something restored. Then he said, now Joshua, if you'll keep my charge, if you'll judge my house, if you'll walk in my ways, I'm going to give thee places among these that stand by. Who was standing by? The angel of the Lord and Satan. God said, Joshua, if you'll let me do what I need to do in this moment, when you leave here, you're not going to leave resisted. You're not going to leave bound. You're not going to leave walking in bondage. But I'm going to let you walk out of here in a dimension and in a dimension, a dominion of victory and power. There's going to be some things restored to you. There's going to be some things revived to you. And the devil that resisted you on your way in here, you're going to have victory and power over him. Hallelujah. My God have mercy. There's some of you walked in here tonight with things hanging all over you. Attitudes and spirits resisting and binding. But I believe if we'll let God do what he wants to do in this place tonight. That the mercy of God is here. The grace of God is here. I'm telling somebody, you came to this conference one way. But it's the will of God for you to leave entirely another way. Now, if, if the angel of the Lord could see the filthiness of Joshua's garment, Satan, being a fallen angel, had the same ability to see his garment. Praise God. Now, here is the high priest, the preacher, in the presence of God, bound. Hello? Y'all still here now? <laughs> bound. Come on, Brother Riley. The Bible says he was standing at his right hand to resist him. Now there's a reason why that he showed him standing at his right hand. He was showing Zechariah that the authority and the power of the ministry was bound. Grab my right arm. Every time that Joshua went to use the authority and the power that God had invested in him, 
Satan had him all resisted and bound. Hello? Read it for yourself. Every time he went to flex what he was supposed to be doing as the high priest, he couldn't. It was bound. Now there ain't nothing as frustrating as walking to a pulpit bound. Oh, I know, I know. I, just stay there. I know. I got some of you here. You, like I said, you got it all together. And you, every time you walk to your pulpit, you're in the high heaven somewhere. But every once in a while, I, I, I get down to the low cotton. <laughs> and I walk to the pulpit and I'll do this little number. And about the time I do. Now you go through that for a while, you start becoming a little frustrated. I wonder how come Satan could resist him. The principle of God is that he always invests in his people, especially his ministry, power over all the power of the enemy. That's the principle of God. But now here's standing a preacher in the presence of God and he's bound and he's resisted. I think the whole key to the scenario is the seeing of the garment. I believe Satan was saying, I see what's on your garment. I know what kind of garment you're wearing. Who do you think you're fooling? I know your attitude you got the other night when you were preaching and you thought everybody ought to be shouting and they were just sitting there. Hello? Oh boy. Amen. I, I, see, I see that garment. I know exactly where to hit you. I know exactly where to attack you. I know exactly how to keep you bound. Hallelujah. My God have mercy. Glory. Now let me tell you something. There is an a lot told about you by the kind of clothes you wear. Now I'm not here getting into name brands and you have to wear certain styles or certain name brands of clothes. But you know, if, 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 if there's just a lot told, let me just say it that way. There's just a lot told about you by the way you take care of your clothes and the kind of clothes you wear. Amen. And if that is important in the realm of the physical, how much more important is it in the realm of the spiritual? Hallelujah. Whether you understand it or not tonight, devils don't look at the suit you're wearing or the dress you're wearing. Angels don't look at the suit you're wearing or the dress you're wearing. Hello? Amen. They see beyond all of that. They see a spiritual garment that every one of us wears. And now I'm going to take a stab at it and I may get in trouble, but I somehow got a feeling the garment of a man's soul has a lot to do with his attitude. Hello? You can be sitting on a Pentecostal pew wearing loud clothes, but your attitude and your spirit may reveal something totally different about you. And you can be standing right in the middle of a red-hot revival and be just as bound and resisted as the sinner sitting on a bar stool somewhere. Hallelujah. Amen. A friend of mine told me a little story about uh, him and his wife was in his evangelizing and, and an angel of the Lord come in. Now for all you that don't believe in him, that's fine. You got your right to not believe in him. Amen. And this angel of the Lord come in was standing there and his wife was in a little house coat and, and she said, pardon me, I, I'll go change. No, 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 no. He said, I don't see the outward appearance at this time. He said, I'm looking at a spiritual garment. 
My God, have mercy. You can be standing right here in the middle of this revival convention in the presence of Almighty God. And while everybody else is responding and everybody else is rejoicing, amen, you're struggling in your spirit. You're being bound and you're being resisted. But I got a feeling tonight, if you could see in the realm of the spirit, that the angels in this place tonight and their arms would be loaded down with garments. Hallelujah. I don't think it's the will of God for us to leave here bound or to leave here resisted. Glory. I'm going to tell you something. You can try your hardest to get dressed for church and to get to church without getting something on your garment. But invariably, invariably, you'll be in the parking lot and brush up against somebody's old car. Hello? And there's grease. Or you'll be holding some little kid and they decide it's a good time to get sick. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? And you can walk right into that service. You have tried your best to keep your garment clean. But there are just things that happen. God have mercy. Somebody lies about you. Somebody does you wrong. Somebody starts a rumor. Somebody gets mad. What, 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 whatever, whatever. And I don't care. Flesh is flesh. Hmm? And brother, if you're not careful, your attitude. Hello? I don't know if this is what y'all expected, but it's what the Holy Ghost said, so here we are. I use this little scenario. I mean, you can, you can, you can walk in real quick, you're in a revival. Man, everything's going 90 mile an hour. People get the Holy Ghost, and you can, you can get in a fight with your wife quicker on the way to church at that time than you can any other time. Hello? Or you can get into it with somebody quicker while revival's going on than you can any other time. Now, I don't know if I'm right in saying this, but I think devils just camp around the church trying to have revival and they watch for carnal people that haven't prayed in a while and they start filling their minds with all sorts of junk and crud and they become the mouthpiece of the devil and they vocalize everything that the devil's put in their brain. And you start hearing that stuff and you're trying your best to keep your attitude right. But you can walk right back in that revival service. <laughs> and brother, here you go. And people are bouncing off the walls around you. And you're trying to get into it. And here you go. My God have mercy. Oh, come on, preachers. Don't act like it don't happen to you either. Hello? Somebody gets mad at something you've preached. And they go storming out. And you go home and rack your brain all night long trying to figure out what they're mad about. Hello? You can think of 900 things. By the time you get back to church, you're ready to chop their head off. I dare them to get up tonight. 
come on you old reprobate get up one more time hello show that old nasty I do it I, know, I get raunchy spirit every once in a while I say you want to play hardball let's play hardball hello you want to get bold devil we'll get just as bold as you are you want to stand up put on a show we'll cut your head off right here and show it to everybody and then you walk back to the pulpit and you try to preach and you're doing this little number and there's no authority now in your life and there's no anointing and there's no power and you wonder what in the name of God's going on. I tell you what's happening. You're standing in the presence of God and something or somebody has affected your attitude and now you're bound and you're resisting. I've come tonight to tell somebody I refuse that garment. I'm not gonna try to have revival bound. I refuse it. I don't care what you say about me. I don't care what you've done. My friend, you're not taking my anointing. You're not taking my authority. I'm going to be a man of God. And I'm going to walk in the power of the Holy Ghost. You know, we can get just as bitter as saints. I was preaching one time in southeast Missouri, but I thought that's a good place to preach. And, man, I'd preach for a week at least. I think it was two weeks. And it was horrible. God have mercy. Nothing. And so they, they had us in evangelistic quarters and I got out in the floor of the church fellowship hall. I remember it explicitly because I don't know if they cooked peanut brittle, but there's something sticky all over that floor. If you got an evangelist, please mop your floors. Hello? I won't get into that. <laughs> and so I was laying there in the night praying about it. I said, Lord, what in the world's wrong around here? I mean, this is so thick. He showed me two old ladies in that church. I mean, their faces just like that. Now, I'm going to tell you something. If I tell you the Holy Ghost showed me, the Holy Ghost showed me. I don't need anybody telling me anything. I don't let a preacher fill my ear. I don't let a saint fill my ear. If I walk to the pulpit and I say, the Holy Ghost showed me something, I'm telling you it was the Holy Ghost. Amen. So he showed me these two old ladies and said, several years ago, something happened between their families. And it split the church right down the middle. And one side of the church, he said, they're going to have to reconcile before I can do anything around here. So I'm just crazy enough to say it. <laughs> I just woke the pulpit the next night and read a text on forgiveness and all, and I got to talking, and I said, now we're gonna sing a chorus here tonight, because there's a couple people here that need to forgive each other. This goes back a long ways, and brother, it got quieter than it had been. It's one of them kind of services where the preacher, you can hear him behind you gulping, and his wife starts chewing her fingernails. 
They always kind of put their head down and kind of look at you out of the top like this, kind of like. And when they see you look at they go. <laughs> well, the preachers are gulping and the wife's chewing her fingernails and the whole church is looking at me. I said, now we're going to sing until we do it. My God have mercy. I thought we was going to sing all night. They sang and they sang and they sang and they sang. And I was watching these two old ladies. <laughs> and I thought, my God, they're stubborn. Whew. Ooh. <laughs> stubbornness. I feel a little stubbornness here right now. <laughs> One of us sitting over here on this side and I seen her get up. Brother Moose, she came all the way around. She came over onto the other side to the other little, little lady. And she walked over there and stuck her hand out and the other one went. Come on, church, let's sing some more. <laughs> I mean, we got a double gulp out of that one. <laughs> and that one just kept standing there like this. And, and the other, no, don't do that yet. She's going. They just kept going like this. The other one, she. I thought, God have mercy, what's going to happen now? And so I sang some more. So we sang some more. They just sang and I was praying. Pastor's gulping, his wife's chewing her fingernails. <laughs> and so finally, finally, you could see this one kind of, she's kind of sideways just a little. You could see her say something. And then the other one, you could see tears start down her cheeks. And I seen this one say, you mouth it, I'm, I'm sorry too. And they embraced each other. You know what somebody in that church service decided to do? I am so tired of being bound and resisted. I am so tired of the devil resisting me. Mm, hallelujah I'm tired of it and in that revival service that church started slipping off that old garment of division amen they begin to cross one side to the other and vice versa they were meeting in the center aisle tears are streaming people saying I'm sorry forgive me I'm here tonight to tell you before that revival was over 27 people received the baptism of the Holy Ghost because somebody in that church said I refuse this garment I avoid low enough I'm tired of my church being bound I'm tired of being resistant I refuse to become bitter I refuse to become jealous I refuse to get caught up in the envy of strife dear God it's revival time and let this garment that I wear let it be a garment of favor and a garment of power talked in this building tonight that's where you need to start well they don't believe it like I do I don't care whether they believe it or not uh oh they went over like a lead balloon well, I ain't shaking her hand they don't believe fat meat's greasy
Well, that's the attitude you got. You're just as bad as they are. Maybe I ought to dismiss right now. Hello? Maybe we all start singing. You can sit there and say you want revival and you want to rebuild the walls and the temple all you want to. But you can sit there with that old nasty spirit of yours. Hello? I ain't shaking their hand. You don't have to worry about the prince and power of your city. You're already resisted and you're already bound. The devil walks in, there's no authority in your life. No wonder you don't have an apostolic ministry. Well, Brother Cyrus, I don't know if it's what you wanted, but this is... There's some in here tonight and need to do this little number. God have mercy. Get rid of that thing. God, give me a revival of holiness now. Because when I lose holiness, I lose the power of God. Put that fair miter back on my head. Clothe me again, God, with the garment of salvation. Let my garment be without spot and without wrinkle, God. I don't want to stand here tonight bound or resisted. I want my right hand to be free. When I walk to the pulpit, wherever I come from, I want to walk with the liberty. I want to walk with an anointing. I want to walk in the power. And that devil that's resisting me, that followed me here tonight, when I leave here, I'm going to leave with victory over the very circumstance. You know, this is what I really felt. What is keeping us from true apostolic ministry? Is it our pride? Is it somebody I need to submit to? Is it my prejudices? Hello? What is keeping me from being a true apostolic preacher? Is it something in my past? Is it a hurt? Now look, I didn't want to preach this. I wrestled last night for a long time in prayer saying, God, please. Brother Howard's always saying, you just like preaching inspirational. Get some depth to you. <laughs> I'm, I'm trying. I'm trying. Some of you coming here with hurts, past, Some of you come and you don't even know it. You walked in and you're wearing an old garment of doubt. You've preached revival in your pulpit and the more you preach it, the more hell breaks loose. Hello? You've preached it and 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 preached it. 
And now when you go to the pulpit, the devil's standing there laughing. I got your number now. You don't even believe it anymore. You don't think it can happen in your church. And there you stand with all the power of the right hand and it's being bound and it's being resisted. You can blame it on your wife. You can blame it on your church. You can blame it on God. You can blame it on whoever. But the whole key is God never takes it from you. You have to give it to him. Mm. I know what it's like to stand in the presence of God. I remember a prayer meeting one time, man, I, I kept hitting a wall and I couldn't get through. And I finally just stopped and said, God, what's wrong? What's wrong? What is wrong? And I'll never forget, he said, your attitude is wrong. I had been pastoring too long and I had, I had three men that decided they want to get out in the foyer of the church and disgust me. Every, every person that walked in the doors that morning got an earful. So my brother who was assisting me at the time, he called me up. I was in Canada preaching. He called me told me, I said, I'll be home a couple days early. And brother, when I got back home, I don't know if I thought I had to prove something, that I was tougher than they were or what. Brother Grissom, when I got back home, man, I, I pulled my old coat back. I walked to the pulpit, shone on the six-shooter. I dared them move. Hello? You know, I go to conference and hear all these guys talk about how tough they are. So I got to be tough too. Hello? Then I preach for these guys. I'm a little surprised at how tough they really are. Well, I'm going to get in trouble on this one. And so I said, I want to meet every man in my church, in my office. Brother Pruitt, boy, we met in the office. I said, I assume you blowing off. I said, stand out in the foyer. I said, somebody said something about me being gone. I said, I'll tell you why I'm gone most of the time, because half of you don't pay your tithe around here. I said, I have to preach out just to live. One of them spoke up and said, why don't you tell us what would help you? I said, keep your money. I don't want your old nasty money. Then you think you own me. I thought I was right. Hello? Boy, let's go out in here right now. <laughs> and, boy, I mean, I just, now move. I dare you. And I was, I was right. Bless God. They ain't going to talk about me out in the foyer. So that week I'd go down to church and I'd be walking in church trying to pray and he's like going, boom. I finally said, God, what's wrong? What have I done? He said, your attitude's wrong. About what? About those men. Now, wait a minute, God. We're going to have to come to an understanding right here. They were talking about one of your chosen vessels 
He said, yeah, I heard them. You heard them? And you haven't killed them yet? No, not yet. Hello, I was ready for another Acts chapter 5. Kill them right in the church, God. Go, get them out of here. He said, there's one of them I want you to go apologize to. Oh, 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 yeah. Fat chance of that. Now, God, I don't think you understand the situation. They were talking about me, not me about them. Your attitude's wrong. Now, God, do you know how many men this man has talked about? Mm-hmm. Do I have to? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Go on. So I went there, get the phone, I called him. So and so, I'd like to have breakfast with you in the morning. All right. So we met for breakfast, went inside, sat down, talked a little bit, got through talking, went out, got in his truck, dirt reached over, turned the key on, reached over and I grabbed his hand and said, hang on just a second. I don't know if he thought I was fixing to kill him or what, but, <laughs> well, he looked real started and said, I didn't think this was over. I said, no, it's not over. It's not over by a long shot. I let go of his hand. I, I really, he thought he was fixing to get rebuked or something. I said, uh, I just want you to know that my attitude toward you has been wrong. And I'm sorry. Brother Grissom, it was almost like you could hear the sword in his hand drop. He turned and looked. You know what I decided? When I come out of that prayer room, I ain't letting nobody take my ministry from me. God, they may have said it, but it ain't worth this. I refuse this garment. Clothe me with a garment of forgiveness and mercy. I watched that man as he put his head down on the steering wheel. And he started sobbing. And he turned with tears. And he said, I don't mean to do it. He said, forgive me. Would you please help me overcome this? I don't mean to hurt you. I don't want to hurt you. But something comes on me that I can't control. Would you please pray for me? Sitting in that restaurant parking lot. I laid my hands on him and began to pray and you could feel something happening inside the cab of that pickup. I'm telling somebody here tonight, you walked in here with some hurts. You walked in here carrying some things out of your past and you wonder why the right hand is not free. I'm telling you in the Holy Ghost tonight, you need to refuse an old garment. You need to stand tonight in the presence of Almighty God and say, search me, Lord. If there's an attitude or a garment that I'm wearing that's not right, I want to refuse it. I'll unbutton it. I'll slip out of it. I'll cast it at the foot of the cross. But God, I've got to know. I've got to know true liberty in my soul. <sighs> Mondo kusha.
I'm hurrying to a close. I seen men walk in here last night. I don't know how to explain it to you. Just felt it and sensed it. I see men coming from all over the place, walking in here. The garments. Garments. Hmm. Garments. God, why can't I have revival? Well, I don't know. Maybe you want to shout. I don't know. But I, I think if we get this down tonight right, before this week's over, we'll all be wearing a garment of praise. Hello? Some of you got your swords crossed tonight. You wonder why you're not anointed. I refuse this. Take it. Get it off of me. I'm tired of walking to my pulpit bound. I'm, I'm tired of going to prayer and it being a struggle. I'm tired of praying for somebody and nothing happening. Devil, you bound me and I come to this conference being resisted. But I've got news for you, devil. This garment's coming off. I'm taking it off right now. My attitude's going to change. My spirit's going to change. I'm going to walk out of here different. My God have mercy. There's some of you coming here resisting and bound and struggling. You might as well get honest. Hello, that's why you're here. I said that's why you're here. And you're expecting some quick fix. It's not going to be a quick fix. It's going to be when you get honest and you start pulling off those old garments and you lay them at his feet. Now God, when I walk out of here, when I walk out, my right hand's going to be free. When I walk to my pulpit Sunday morning, devil, you're not going to be resisting me. I'm going to be free. God have mercy. I said I'm going to be free. I won't be real honest some of you right here. We had a man preach for us here a while back. Three or four of the churches in our area went together, had to come in, brother born. I mean he's in some estimation he's way out here somewhere. And boy, he he told us some things that were going to happen, Brother Howard, and I thought, yeah, yeah, yeah. My God, this is it. And brother, it seems like Every devil in hell has been released. Pardon me, Brother Grissom. <laughs> On Oak Mulgee. I think all the spiritual intersections of North America, Brother Hill, meet right in Oak Mulgee. You, you've been there. You know what I'm talking about. You pastored there. <laughs> now, Brother Howard thinks it's Tulsa, but if some of them get a little off course, <laughs> then I think they go right through Oklahoma City. And... Now, I don't want this taken out of context, but there's one thing we fight in Oklahoma. It's unbelief. Hello? And we're not the only ones that fight it. And he, he made a statement. 
He turned to me one night and he said, I'm telling you in the Holy Ghost, before this year is over, you are going to see the dead raised in this church. <laughs> oh yeah, I'm ready. Take me to the morgue. Well, don't act like that. You do the same thing when there's a high faith in a service. Let me at them. I'll tear them devil's heads right off their shoulders. Well, why don't we find you about Tuesday afternoon? <laughs> when you're running in high speed trying to run from them. So, God, about the only dead that need to be raised around here are some of these saints. And I, I didn't mean to let it happen, but it happened. Brother Moody, I got an old garment of unbelief on me. Doubt. Now, God, I've preached it and preached it until I can't preach it no longer. I go off preach other places, and all you have to say, boo. One church I preach in, you say, boo, and they start climbing the walls, talking in tongues. I heard that Junction City's a lot like that. I mean, I... God, if we get anything in here, we have to chill us out of granite. Whew. Oh, boy. So, I didn't, I didn't know it, but it got to affect me. And my attitude got to affect me. I, I got to a point without even knowing it. I'd say stuff, and in the deep of my spirit, I think. I don't know. That's pretty wild. Phone rang a week ago Saturday night. One of the ladies in the church said, Brother Morgan, pray, please pray. Said, I've just got a report. My doctor's been, or my daughter's been unconscious for two days. She's in a diabetic coma. We don't even know she had diabetes. And she don't look good. So they took off. They got there late. She had to drive up in the Minnesota, Rochester, Minnesota, Mayo Clinic, St. Mary's. I remember, Brother Morgan, you're going to see the dead raised. Well, I'm getting off range of your trod now. And I didn't even know it. Can it really happen here, God? Maybe I've been too honest tonight. Can it really happen here? Sunday night she called back. She said, Brother Morgan, you got to come. She's, they, they, they can't get her to respond. Her kidneys haven't functioned since they got her here. She's still in the coma. Please come. I said, all right, I'll be there first thing in the morning. I called, couldn't get a flight out. The only thing I get out was early Tuesday morning. So I told her, I said, I'll tell you what. I'll be in Dallas Monday night. I'll call you from there. And then I'll come in early Tuesday morning. So all right. So I called her for church Monday night. I talked to her earlier Monday. She, she was so down. And she said, Brother Morgan, God can't take her. He made me a promise. And in my brain, I automatically started trying to think, now how are you going to deal with this? That girl's going to die. 
This woman's gonna come home and say, God's failed me, take the church, take it all. I don't want nothing to do with it. And I was already there. Thank God for some saints. <laughs> she said, Brother Morgan, she can't, she can't die. God told me he was gonna save her. I said, well, all right. I hung up the phone, I told my wife, but she told me before she hung up, she said, I'm fixing to go find me a place to pray. My God, have mercy. And she, she found it. I got off the phone, told my wife, said, I don't want to say anything to dampen her faith. I said, my God, I can't, the woman's up there thousands of miles away from her family. Her daughter's up there dead. The do, I talked to the doctor Sunday night. He said, called me chaplain. He said, chaplain, she's gone. There's no hope. The girl's gone. So we're just going through procedures. She's gone. I st my head's whirling. I was wearing my old garment. <laughs> Hello? I was wearing my old garment, but what I wasn't reasoning was a precious saint of God. Found them a chapel at St. Mary's Mayo Clinic, Rochester, Minnesota. Found her an old chapel. Walked in, she said, I slammed the door shut behind me. You know what she did, Brother Swisher? She said, devil, you ain't putting this garment on me. God made me a promise, and I ain't taking no for an answer. She said, Brother Morgan, the Holy Ghost hit me from the top of my head to the sole of my feet. She said, I went to banging in the walls, talking in tongues. Hallelujah. She said, I had quite a prayer meeting. My God, you know what happened to her? She said, I refuse. I refuse the garment of doubt and unbelief. And God says, thank you, honey. Now I got a garment of faith for you. And when she walked out of there, she got back to that hospital room and the nurses were running in. She said, what's going on? The nurse said, I don't know. Her blood pressure's coming up. Her body temperature's coming up. She moved a while ago. I'm telling you, if God said it, he's gonna do it. Get rid of that garment of doubt. We're gonna have revival in Oklahoma. I said, we're gonna have revival in Oklahoma. I believe there's revival in Arkansas. I believe there's revival in Kansas. I'm telling somebody, you came down, but you're gonna leave free tonight. Just keep standing. Woo. She called Saturday, this past weekend, seven days exactly. Val House Sandy. Oh, she's fine, Pastor. Setting up, talking, eating. Preacher, you're gonna see the dead raised. Yeah. Yeah, sure I will. I'm telling you right now, I refuse that. Somebody said, be careful, you'll get uh, become a fanatic. Dear God, we need some fanatics in 1993. 
Hello? Some of you are clutching to your old garments of doubt and tradition and unbelief. It has to go your way or no way at all. And then you wonder why you can't have a move of God. I'm telling somebody, take out those two or three songs and a testimony and a sermonette and walk back in there Sunday morning and say, honey, it's revival time here. I got rid of an old garment the other night. God clothed me with the garment of revival. So what do you want? Tired of this? Okay, devil, I'll make you a deal. You don't bother me no more. I don't bother you. Hey, devil. Stay right there. Stay right there. God, I'm ready. Hang on my right hand. Come here, Brother Slatcher. Hold that mic right there. I'm ready, God. You ready, devil? Let me see your coat, brother. I know it'd be too big for me, but I'll try to put it on in here. Know what you got to say, devil? Huh? Know what you got to say? Huh? Now you ain't got nothing to get a hold of me with. Huh? Now what you got to say? Huh? You ready? Huh? Now it's a different story now, isn't it? Huh? Now you try to move your right hand. Huh? Huh? Now you can't do nothing. Now you can't take my city. I'm tired of being resisted. I'm tired of being bound. that coat you ain't getting mine wear it go home bound hello go home bound I got a message for this conference. If we're not careful, we try to tailor, make our own garments. 
the meeting's got to go this way. How's it look? What'd you say? That's how it looks when we try to tailor make our own revivals. Well, this whole meeting's got to go this way. What if God says, I want to go another way? What if God says, I don't want no preaching tomorrow? What if God says, I want all you people talking about revival? Come here in the morning, get on your face and pray all day. We've never done it that way. Well, I'm hitting something. We never done it this way. That's probably why there's no authority and power. Every once in a while, God says, it's time for you to wear something different. feels kind of funny it will for a while <laughs> hello you know what some of you are saying here when you go hurry up and dismiss why don't you ask the Holy Ghost that our tradition says we got to stop right now hello we're here saying we want apostolic ministry revival okay we got to hurry up and get out of here the Holy Ghost says why don't some of you pull them old garments off once you get rid of your traditions and your pride, once you get rid of your little garment that says, I figured it all out, you ain't figured nothing out. Hello? And why don't you put on a garment of real apostolic ministry for a while? I feel something right now. What would happen? If every preacher in this place tonight would all say, I need some. I need some. I couldn't, I'm through, I'm through, I promise you I'm through. I couldn't get away from this. I just felt that if we get rid of small garments, that God would release us into a real dimension of apostolic ministry. Now, maybe you're not hungry for it, but I am. I'm not talking about wacko stuff. I'm talking about scriptural stuff. I'm talking about walking in faith. Hello? I'm talking about walking in some authority. I'm not, I really don't, don't, I don't want to weary you, please. I do not want to weary you. But aren't you tired of it?
Let me tell you what I think, Brother Moody. I think the reason why a lot of people don't want to pull old garments off is because they feel naked and bare. They, they, they feel exposed. They feel vulnerable. Hello? Well, I've never done it this way before. Just put on this garment. Let it clothe you. Brother Bothman, I'm going to tell you something. I refuse to grow up and only hear stories about what God used to do. I refuse that. I refuse it. I'm tired of it. I'm hungry for it. My God, would you fill up to the Holy Ghost? I'm tired of this. Want it. Bow your heads and close your eyes for a moment. There are some of you standing here in this place tonight. The Holy Ghost is calling you to a place of honesty. There are some of you struggling with some things in the spirit. And you walked in here with your smiles and how are you? Oh, I'm fine. Doing great. How's the church? Great, great, great. Fine. Just holding, holding on. We're done fine. But inside your heart, inside you were saying, it's not really that fine. And I believe the Holy Ghost offers us a choice. I just believe that there are things standing in this altar waiting on some of you with garments. And all that God is asking you tonight is to take off that old garment and I'll give you a new one. That's it. That's it. That's all I want. Just give it to me. And I'll restore you. I'll give you the revival Brother Grissom talked about. I'll restore you. Are you willing to do it? I believe that there is an apostolic ministry waiting in this altar for somebody tonight that just be honest. I'm going to open this altar to preachers first. I'm going to open this altar and here's what I want you to do before you come. Here, hold it, brother. I want you to take off your coat when you come. I want you to lay it on your pew. I want you to throw it away, whatever. Come on. Pile it on the back of your pew. 
And when you get down, I want you to pray, and then I want you to pray for each other. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Mm. Mm. That's it. That's it. Come on, let's find us a place. Isn't this what you come for? Isn't this what you come for? God, I can't go back the way that I came. This altar's open to anybody now who wants to pray. Maybe you want to make the pew where you're setting up an altar. I refuse this garment. I refuse this garment. I refuse it. God, I've struggled with it. I've battled it. I want to cast it aside tonight. I want to cast it aside. I want you to pray a while if you would please and then if you feel to pray for somebody close to you or feel led to go pray for somebody there's men that have come to this conference that need to go back with a fresh anointing they've come wearing garments that have identified and kept them bound but I believe that God wants them to leave free in the Holy Ghost hallelujah hallelujah Oh, my God.